<laughs> we are lollygagging sports. I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. Uh, Samantha, I don't know about you, but that took me all the way back to about a dozen pep rallies that I went to in high I, school. That is horrifying to me because I'm like, <laughs> what is this? This is weird. I feel like this isn't something I like, but it's a thing that makes me feel feelings. And you're like, oh, this is like very early high school. Yeah. Like, hype tapes that you make for your sports team <laughs> and things that get played at those weird underage dance clubs where you're not allowed in if you're like over 15. <laughs> Oof. It's rock, man. It's very exciting though. Like I, I have a ballpark, I think now for the time capsule. <laughs> and I, no, I didn't say that. I had anything to do with the time capsule. I didn't actually say that. I know. I'm just making an educated guess. And <laughs> if anyone needs me, I will be in the bleachers of Mayfield High School for the remainder of this episode um, in my track uniform. <laughs> you know, I don't, Irby, I don't know about your high school, but like every single pep rally started off with that song. I, I, I always refer. I never actually knew what the name of the song was really until tonight. I always refer, always refer to it as the train song. Is it not called Come on Ride the Train? Because if it's not, that's very new information to me. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that is Come and Ride It the Train, yeah. Yeah. Uh, come I, and Ride It the Train. Okay. Yeah. Come on, yeah, yeah, come on and ride it, and the train is in parentheses. I did not know that was – I just called it the train song, Irby. I, it, it, it's, it's just how I knew of this song. I Well, I'm appreciative that you guys are helping me remember my youth because – being someone that works on emergencies management, as soon as you played the choo-choo horn there, all I can think of is what we've been dealing with the last two weeks with these train derailments. So thank you for making me relive the last two weeks. I, I hate that my mind went there. So, yes, I appreciate Yeah, let's talk about middle schoolers. That's that's not as weird. Yeah, you know, um, but I, 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 didn't think I do feel like I've played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm trying to eighth grade basketball, playing eighth grade basketball for that front, warming up to that song. I like that better. That's back when I had like the rip away pants. Do you have any of those? Oh, of course. The buttoned up the side. I love those things. Pain in the rear to put them back together, but <laughs> they're so cool when you took them off. For yeah. Oh yeah. Look at me. I'm a pro. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Oh, man. They don't have to put theirs back together. <laughs> I was still trying to rock the neon in the early '90s. I mean, that was me. I was always a late adopter to things. There you go. <laughs> oh, there you go right. let's let's kick this off <laughs> i think we've already done that but hey it is what it is uh so we started last week with our baseball preview uh with al east so now we're going to do we're going to flip it over to the national league and do the national league east now as we did last week uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about each team. We'll work, you know, kind of a little, little, little early season, preseason talking point for each team, and then I'm gonna give these guys the projected wins according to fan graphs and zips, and then they're gonna go with it. They're gonna give me the over under. So we're gonna start with that Braves team out in Atlanta. So I, I guess Samantha, let, let's start here with the Braves. What do you think they're going to do in terms of the first half? Are we going to participate in the first half of the season this year, or are we just going to keep doing what we've been doing the last couple of years? I mean, they won one World Series doing it this way. Yeah, I mean, they've been notorious. I mean, slow starter seems like a weird way to describe it when it's like half a season, right? Like when we say slow starter, we usually mean the teams that are sluggish in April and May, not like the mm -hmm. team that gets – 
I don't know, 70% of twins after the all-star break, like pretty dramatic. So I don't know. I mean, I guess the question becomes like, at what point do the Mets and the Phillies become good enough that you just can't get away with doing that? And I don't know that it's really any different this year. I mean, the Mets on paper look like nobody should be able to do that in their division and get away with it. But that was true last year as well. And, you know, the Mets are going to Mets. We know this. We love the Mets, but we accept it. And the Phillies kind of were the out-of-nowhere team. And, and that is hard to repeat. But I don't know. I mean, it's because there's no way to quantify something like this. Um, and as somebody whose team is notoriously still starting, believe me, I've tried. Um, but I, I think what you're looking for here is, like, maybe just the less dramatic version of this for the Braves. Like, okay, we can accept that you're not going to be a first-half team. But, like, could you participate in the first half, at the very least? Because we, I think we've seen this enough times now to where it's getting a little bit disturbing and the division is just too competitive to bank on kind of, I guess, being able to get away with it is the best way to phrase that. Well, I mean, they, they did add, you know, Sean Murphy. They get that trade done this offseason. Really, that was their big move, right, Samantha? So so let's let's take a look at it from this angle. It's like... Did they're they're adding and subtracting their off season, so to speak? Did it change so much? Did it move the needle more I mean, in, the, in, in 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 the in the probably at least able to avoid it just a catastrophic first half? Well, I mean, I don't know that I think it moves the needle in that way because, like, what was their excuse when Freddie Freeman was there? You know, and, and Matt Olson wasn't really a downgrade at all in that respect. So I don't know that this is something that can be tied to, like, individual talent because the, the talent on paper has always been there. So, I mean, right. I, I liked what they did this offseason. I, I thought it was modest and reasonable under the circumstances. And, you know, obviously they lost Jansen, Dansby Swanson and a couple of other guys who I, I think maybe are not as um, impactful in a negative way as some people seem to think, uh, as far as the, the talent exiting the Braves. Um, I think the trade for Sean Murphy was a good one. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think they were the team who it made the most sense for, but they were able to do it for a reasonable price. Uh, it's a nice upgrade. It's a good way to show your fans, like, hey, we're committed to not just standing pad. And, and maybe that's all you need, you know? Like, maybe this is the year where, okay, like, you've taken the action that's going to kind of break the spell on this, mm-hmm. but it's hard to tie it to any individual player because I don't think it's ever been about talent. Irby, how about you? Where are you falling with the Braves uh, going into this year? I right, will touch on the two points that Samantha made. One, we talk about, yeah, you what, what the participation, will you be, <laughs> will you be accepting your participation trophy in the first half? Um, and it, seems like in the last couple of years, it's been that simple of what you need to do. I, if it's going to be harder, this is the year. Uh, I, 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 we'll, we'll get into that of what's coming up, but this is definitely going to be a testing year to see what, you know, what, what's coming up behind. Um, <laughs> we'll get to those teams. The, the, I love what you said there, Smith, about we, we, 
There's no way to quantify this. I do want to stress to everybody, that doesn't mean individuals like her and myself don't spend hours upon hours in Lucy <laughs> trying to quantify this. So, no doubt. Yeah. Trust <laughs> me. Trust me. You can't do it, but that's not going to stop us. <laughs> we have tried and probably will continue to do so. Uh, so yeah. part of success. But... See, yeah, you know, just, just a point of clarification on that. When someone tells me that something cannot be quantified, I immediately ask them. And if they confirm it, then I agree that it can't possibly be quantified. But I need confirmation from Samantha and Irby on this. So there's no doubt yep. that they've absolutely tried to quantify this. But then we'll continue. It's it's not going to stop. But, you know, it's the, the point you, should, you made very well about what this Braves team, I, I we look at, like, well, you made, I mean, you made, it's a good point. Like, there hasn't been a ton of movement around but it has been, I, I don't know, this, this, this is what I love about, we, we see it less in baseball, but, but this is going to be one of those examples of next man up. Um, and, and the Braves, you know, you moved on from freedom. Freddie Freeman, I know there's a lot of, wasn't that simple, but now Swanson moves on as well. And I, I'm not saying Vaughn Grissom is going to just jump in and take over, but that, that's what winning teams do is, is that you have individuals like Vaughn that just step up and start getting the job done. And so that's what I, I, I'm excited about this Braves team. There's been some turnover, but it's not too crazy. The core is still there. The the, the, the the soul of this Braves team is kind of still there. And I know that's a difficult phrase to say, but we're a year removed from Freddie Freeman. We, I wouldn't have said that last year, but now here we are again. I mean, they were a 101-win team last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is – I. The Braves are quickly getting to a position where I'm not going to bet against them until I see them lose. Yeah, I agree with that. Smith, anything you want to add here on the Braves before we do the over-under? Um, just that I think, I don't know, I, I really believe in this rotation, um, which I think is going to be important to compete in this division. And if nobody gets hurt or there are no major injuries, I, I think that's going to be a huge huge factor here. I think bigger than, than people realize. It's not that anyone doesn't respect the Braves rotation. It's that I think they're going to be better than mm-hmm. what they look like on paper. Hmm. Okay. Irby, how about you? Anything else on the Braves? Anything you want to touch on we haven't touched on here? I No, I'll just double down with what she's saying right there. You know, If you haven't heard the name yet, um, Bryce Elder, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the name Bryce Elder. All right, noted. Well, let's play some over-under. So Fangraphs has the Braves projected for 94 wins in 2023. Samantha, where do you have them, over or under? Oh, man, that's high. Um, Yeah. Now we're getting into that weird thing where there were a lot more teams bunched towards the middle in the American League, and you're going to see this keep coming up, but there's a lot more teams way at the top and way at the bottom in the National League, which, I mean, it is a good argument for inflating the win totals of the better teams, Mm -hmm. but 94 is really really high. (laughs) Um, I don't know that anybody in this division is going to win 94 games, so I'm going to take the under, although I do think the Braves will do quite well, and I think they have a great shot to win the division, but I do not think 94 games is the number. Irby, how about you? Hey, man, yeah, same thing. That's that, that is a high number. That it is seven less than last year. Um, I will take. I, I will just 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 to be the other side of the coin here, and I will take the over. It won't be much over. I don't see another hundred win season. Um, but I'm going to take the over because yes, this is a top. This is a three team division, uh, and you are going to have a difficult time getting wins. A lot of wins against you know, the next two teams we're going to talk about. 
I guess I can say there's no surprise there in New York and Philadelphia. But the other side of that is is the I think it'll be easy to get wins against the Miamis and the Washingtons and and some other teams in the um, NL. So I'll take the over, but it won't be you know let's go come down to the final weekend to get over it. Yeah, yeah, and, and one one more thing, real quick on the, on the Braves and their and their their slow start last year. A lot of them coming back was head to head against the Mets that they're not going to have this year. So they really can't afford to drop that far behind. Again, I, I actually think I think Fangraphs nailed it here. I think ninety four is the number. I think that's where they end up. Now I'm going to go ahead and give them that one extra win to give them an over here. But I do I really like ninety four for the Braves. So. Let's move on to those Mets, as we have uh, kind of alluded to when we talk about the Braves. So, obviously, Samantha, the offseason off season spending was the talk, and it, it seemed like at times they had gone crazy like a teenager with their parents' credit card. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you, when you take, take actually an actual big-picture look at what they did, it was, it was targeted. And ultimately, it, it appears that it was actually smarter than, than anyone really gave them credit for. Now, of course, it's the Mets, and somehow they're going to screw this up, but their offseason spending spree didn't seem to be all that crazy. I I mean, yeah, like, let's, you know, little reality check, like, I love the Mets, they are my NL team, but, like, they're going to screw this up, no doubt. They will. But that being said, I, I think they did a good job this offseason, and I think that they are being sort of hit with the criticism that should have been levied against the Padres, Um, because the Mets, like, yeah, they spent a lot of money and, but that's what we want, right? We want people to spend smart, not spend stupid. And we would rather they aired a little bit on the side of stupid than a little bit on the side of cheap. But ultimately we want people spending and we want them spending in a way that makes sense. This is what we want for baseball. So they're doing what we all say we want all the time is for teams to be willing to sink whatever they need to into payroll to be competitive but not to do the thing where you just pay everything in sight and every person you can get your hands on where it becomes mercenary. So I think that, you know, there was some of the best stuff that happened here was just sort of like guys getting re-signed and extended. So guys like Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, I think is going to, that's going to be a big one. Um, I I think that was really kind of quietly important. Um, Sometimes the best moves you make are the ones that, don't happen and walking away from Carlos Correa is probably one of the smartest things that they could have done. <laughs> so credit for that as well. Um, that that's I think a good example of no Steve Cohen is not just going to buy everything because it's there. They saw something they didn't like, and so they said, you know what, we're not going to do this. We're not doing it. Certainly not at this price. Um, signing Verlander. Yeah, it makes me nervous because he's super old, but it's a good risk, right? Like we would all take that risk with yeah. you know not not our money, obviously, but. You know, I don't think anybody is looking at the match and saying, oh, I don't know that you really should have taken a flyer on Verlander. Like, I mean, he's really defying statistics at this point. So I liked what they did. Um, I think they sent a great message to their fans. I think they avoided the sort of dreaded, like, mercenary criticism. And I think that they avoided the let's just buy things that don't make sense, which the angels have dabbled in this as well. Um, they're, they're, the angels are like, you know, the king of this. Oh, yeah. um, but the, the Padres, I think, are the ones who at the moment, you know, as a true competitor that probably needs to answer for 
um, nonsensical spending, which we will discuss when we get to the West. But no, I, I don't really have a lot of criticism for this offseason for the Mets. Um, the core of the team is, is still the, the guys who you kind of been on board with from the first, <laughs> um, if you're a fan. And um, so plenty of, of sort of uh, I don't want to say homegrown necessarily, but we'll, we'll call them long-term Mets. You know, that it's not a mercenary team by any stretch. So I liked it. I think they did well. You know, it seems like lately all the heat on the Mets centers on Verlander and his age. Well, they, mm-hmm. yeah. they swapped out DeGrom for Verlander. Verlander pitched more innings last year than DeGrom did by a large margin. He's probably going to pitch more this year, too. <laughs> he probably so, will, too. I mean, you know, obviously, we're all hoping that that's not the case for the sake of Texas. But we want, you know, we want the Mets to do well, too. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, isn't Verlander less of a risk at this point than DeGrom? I would think so. Well, and, yeah. and it's pretty clear his elbow took the Tommy John surgery rather well. Yes. Uh, that's pretty yes, clear. Yes, we're not. That's. Yeah, we're we're not taking a flyer on. Well, we don't know if he can come back. He already came back. He already came like, back and won a Cy Young. So he sure did, <laughs> right? So you know, uh, it's almost like you, you look at that elbow, you're like, you know, it's actually, it's kind of like fifty percent new. You know, like the, like the UCL was just put in a couple of years ago. So I I don't know. Like I'm not buying this. This anti-Verlander talk because he's suddenly 42. I mean, look, good Lord. Nolan Ryan pitched to be like 46. So, whatever. Uh, Irby, how about you? How are you feeling about the Mets? I very similar to what you guys said. Yes, you know, the Verlander, let's touch on that first. Yeah, there's risk. Absolutely. But I, the upside is there. And, you know, if, if it falls, let's say this is the year. Let's say this is the year that Verlander falls off. We're not going to call that an irresponsible signing because you made the signing based on what you've seen. So, no, I, I like it. I it's This is the opposite of what we saw a few years ago from the Phillies when they were spending like drunken sailors. You know, this is this is slightly inebriated, you know, but still, you're you're in check on your spending and, and you're not drunk enough to go, wait, 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 did we just try to sign Korea? Yeah, okay, well, hold on. <laughs> Never mind. No, no, we're good. We're good. Um so yeah, it's kind of kind of the same with you guys. This, this is there's a core there. They realize that this is something. They've been building something. This was a good team last year. I mean, again, same number one as the the Braves. I, you know, you loaded up and what you replaced, you extended extended guys that made a lot of sense. I, I you know, it's not. It's weird. Like it just because I guess it's names like Verlander, and because you were tied to Korea, we all. Not we, we but collectively, we were all talking about like, oh my gosh, they're open up the paycheck and they're just buying anyone. We saw that stupid meme going around for a while, like they were giving a seagull $36 million for four years, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, but that's not what happened. This is what we hope happens is that there's a winning team. They 101 wins. The core is still back. There's an opportunity to win more. There's an opportunity to win a World Series. So go out and add to it. That's what you did. You can't complain. So I know I... If anything, the only question I have is I'm just curious, you know, Bo, it's your time of the year. Um, is Daniel Vogelbach in the best shape of his life? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. I don't even have to look I don't have to watch him watch him practice or watch watch him watch him play his spring training game to know that. I mean that's that's everyone's in the best shape of their life. It's it's kinda like it's kinda like Field of Dreams, you know, where uh where you, you cross the chalk and, and 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 you're a player, then you cross the chalk and you're an old man. Same thing. Exact same thing. Prince Fielder, 
could go to spring training and cross cross the line. He's gonna be he's gonna be the best shape of his life. So so Pablo Sandoval was the only one that that aired this rule. No, he that was just the best shape of his life. <laughs> You know, the one thing, though, Samantha, that, that drives me crazy about these people that are complaining about the Mets spending, they're the same ones that complain about the A's and the and the Rays and the Royals not spending enough. Like, you, you can't have have it both ways here. Like, the guy's putting money back into the team, which is what we all want, right? Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm hearing from Mets fans that, well, I don't know if it's going to be fun to root for this because these aren't really even our guys, you know. It's just a bunch of mercenaries, and it's like, Look at your starting nine. Look at your rotation. Look at your bullpen. Most of the people on this team were here last year, have been there for many years. And, like, I mean, look at so much of this was, you know, the extensions, right, for, for Nimmo and, and for McNeil. And, you know, you're, you're probably looking at extending Alonzo soon. You traded for Francisco Lindor, and then you signed him to a long-term contract. And, and now you're upset because they did exactly what we always want baseball teams to do, which is grow a core and then spend money to build around it. Mm-hmm. You can't grow a whole team, okay. not one you want to take to the World Series, without making any trades or paying any free agents. And it's like, well, now you're mad about that. And if they hadn't done anything, you would have been mad about that, too. Like, trust me, like, if you're just not a person who likes extremes, you got the better end of the deal. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't understand this. I, I think it's that, it, you know, owners, basically, the owners don't like this, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't like having to compete with a guy like Cohen who is willing to spend indiscriminately and who technically has more money than anyone else does to do that with. So, fans, as much as they think they hate ownership, are very, very susceptible to sort of the poison in the ear mm-hmm. that owners put out into the world. So, they hear this stuff where other owners are saying, I can't compete with that. And then instead of recognizing this is, aha, the billionaires are crying poor again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to spend the way this guy does. This guy does. They, they just immediately side with them and decide that of all the billionaires, he's the worst billionaire. And it's like, Ugh. yeah, you're letting the billionaires tell you how to think again. Don't do that. Hey, it was, Don't it was, do that. It's not good. Not good. It was the same thing with the boss. Like, they're, they're, they're New York teams. They're in the largest market in the sport. They bring in a lot more money than you. And they've put... And, Steinbrenner put it back in the team. And now Cohen's put it back in the team. Like, like that's what you want. You know, you, you'll be mad at them. Do better. You know, well, and generate we know purely, purely mercenary teams don't work. We know this. We've seen people try to do it. And it doesn't work. Yeah. Heck, we've seen the Yankees try to do it, and it didn't work for them. You know what did work for them? Mm-hmm. Growing a core at home and then the willingness to spend what it took to fill in around it. Yeah. Which is exactly what George Steinbrenner was doing. Got him three championships. Like, I mean, there are many things to hate about the Yankees. That is not one of them. Like, <laughs> oh, man, guys, guys, be yeah. happy. This guy wants to win. Jeez, mm-hmm. he's not just taking your money and letting the team go to pot. Like, so many of these owners are. Like, yeah, yeah I asked the Angel please. fans about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Very. <laughs> right. Oh, Lord. Uh, Irby, anything you want to add here before we do the over-under? No, 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 no. Just just double down on what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I much bigger problems. That, you know, that 
I don't know what to, I, I would love, and and I said that as we will get to type, but but I'm a fan of a Ranger fan, kind of a similar thing, not the same position, but you you've got a chance to win, and you got an ownership that's going to go out there and try and make this better, and he's going to try and win. I mean, geez, how dare you? Yeah, you know, I, I wish we had time to discuss you know this part, but you know the impact on the clubhouse when when ownership goes out and spends money like this also adds to that winning culture. Uh, very much so. Okay, so Fangraphs has apparently uh, decided that they want to have a very fun National League East race this year because they also project the Mets at 94 wins. I Yeah, this is wild. So now <laughs> I'm like, okay, do I really think the Mets will finish ahead of the Braves? Like, I don't know, man. Like, there's a reason why Fangraphs made them the same because it is really hard to tell. So theoretically, like, do I go? I guess I'm taking a division winner then here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll go. Like, part of me wants to go over for the Mets because I like what they did, and I think they're the most talented team on paper in this division. But then part of me is like, <laughs> Mets, <laughs> we're going to go on a 20-game losing streak in August and make a fool out of you, Samantha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to take the under <laughs> because safety first. Guys, safety, safety first. Okay. Irby, how about you? Over under is 94 wins. I'm ready to be made a fool again. Oh, Lord. Back up, make a foot down. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know I'm digging myself a hole here by picking two teams to go over 94 wins, but I'm going to do it, and I'll give you even one more. Mets win this division. <laughs> wow. Ooh. I love it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll double down on you, and you know I am ready to be hurt again. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. <laughs> I'm here to be hurt. Um, just remind me, Bo, in the next three to take the under because I don't have any more overs left. <laughs> oh my god, overs! Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of my over. Yeah, he's out of wins. Uh, no more wins to give. <laughs> uh, man, this is tough. This is tough because, like, 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 I mean, they are going to be separated by one or two games. I do believe that. The question is, do they both get to 94? You know what? I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. Braves get to 96. Mets get to 95. Taking the over. I'm going to do it. Ready to get hurt again. Welcome. It's a fun crew. It's not that I'm ready to get hurt again. I just like this rotation more than I did last year. And we saw what they did last year. Like, like I like this rotation more than I did this time last year. I think that's the big difference for me. I agree with you. It's just that, like, I, I've been here before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I get it. I understand. <laughs> All right, let's move the on. The year of joy. We're choosing joy. They're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also no way, I mean, because, you know, Smith, you said that, like, you're, you're a National League team. There's no way I can jinx them. Like, I, I, I don't have any skin in the game here. So I, I can say this and not jinx them. That's true. I'm trying not to piss off any weird baseball gods that might be floating around listening, even the minor ones, because I have a vested interest in Mets performing well. So, well, and, and, and to, to your careful. point, Samantha, to your point, we definitely have exposed ourselves. You, you've seen the Mets how the season starts. The, the Marlins, the Brewers, the Marlins, the Padres, the A's. So they don't come out of that with a lot of wins. <laughs> oh, and they will. They're going to be in first place in this division by a lot until after the break. 
It's what happened after that that I'm nervous about. Oh god, that that is exactly what happened last year. The Mets had a cupcake, the Braves didn't, and then when those when that flipped, so the division. They do it all the time. Like it's you know, we talked about combining teams. Like really, if you put the Mets and the Braves together, they would probably win like 152 games as long as you got the hats right. <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on to those Phillies, last year's National League champions. So they overperformed. They didn't really seem to sit on that over overperformance, Samantha. They're they're right back in it, going for it all over again. I gotta ask you though, is this a World Series hangover situation for the Phillies here? Because they 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 they, they went so high last year. They really only have a place anywhere else to go but down now. So are we looking at a World Series hangover for the t- for this team this year? I don't think it's so much World Series hangover as it is that, like, it's really, really hard to repeat <laughs> as a, a World Series um, participant. Right. And they were very lucky to get there last year. And I'm not trying to take anything away from their accomplishment. I think that, you know, once you get into the postseason, you're kind of creating luck. But they got hired exactly the right time, which, again, you know, we can say, okay, some of that's luck and some of that is skill. But it's fortunate, you know, if we're using the term luck, not in the literal sense, but just in the, like, hey, here's how everything kind of broke right for you guys last year. I don't know that it's going to do that two years in a row because it's just impossible, like, for everything to break right for you at the exact right time. Now, if they were the most talented team, even in this division, wouldn't even have to be the most talented team in the National League, I would say, a little bit easier to repeat, right? But, like, if you're the most talented team in probably the best division in your league, you don't need everything to break right for you. They do. So, because as much as I love what they did this offseason, I love that they did not stand pat. I think they went out and said, like, you know what? Like, we're not just going to act like, hey, <laughs> we were playing with house money. We got all the way to the World Series. Let's run it back. No, they went out and got free and Trey Turner. Like, absolutely fantastic signing. And, and they didn't stop there either. I just think it's going to be very, very hard to repeat on because they still can't compete with the Braves or the Mets on paper. And that's before we even get outside of the division. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough. I'm rooting for them, but I think it will be difficult. Herbie, how about you? Where are you at with the Phillies? Well, it's kind of in the same place. You know, again, this is an organization where you, yeah, you finished 14 games behind the the Braves and the the Mets. And we talk about that, you know, kind of joked about it here. There's only so many wins that can go around. They're just not out there. And so, yeah, by, by saying that I've got the Braves and the Mets over 94, so I've taken a lot of wins out of the equation, and there's not much more left for Philly. But that's what we do. We, we sit here and we can talk about, you know, you look at these and we can, we can break it down, and it doesn't, you know, there's only so many wins here, and there's only so much of this, and, you know, you lost this piece, so it's going to be harder here, and blah, 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 blah. I, if you're the Phillies, you don't give two craps what we're saying. Like, like no, we were there. Yeah, we were 14 games, but but we got hot at the right time, and we took care of business when we needed to. So, yes, there is a team, there is a core, there is a group there that can compete with anybody. Any given game, can any given series can beat anybody, and that core just added the prettiest slider. Obviously, Trey Turner does a lot more than just sliding, but still, you get the point. It, it's like you added to that. So, yes, I, I love what Philly's doing. Um, I... You know, we'll predict here in a little bit of where we think it is, but I, 
for them in that bubble, when you're there in that organization, in that clubhouse, in that locker room, in that dugout, you don't care about that outside noise. It means nothing to you because you've got what you saw, what you did last year. And you've got a lot of that back and you've added to it. And, and, and we could sit here and argue probably maybe even got better. Well then, okay, you got to the world series and you might've gotten better. So yeah, I love where you're at. You know, it's, the, the, the World Series hangover, the, the number of wins ahead of them, whatever the equation, there, sure, there's, there are issues, there are outliers, there are things that are going to take away from you. But when you're in that clubhouse, you don't care about any of that noise because you look at the teammates around you, you saw what you did last year, and your organization, your front office went out and added to that. So, Bo, you talked about a little while ago, that clubhouse feeling, they're feeling great. Uh-huh. What about Bryce Harper's elbow? Samantha, what is what is the <clears throat> factor in that when when it, when it comes to figuring out what these Phillies are going to be this year? It looks like he's going to miss what the first month of the season with this elbow. Um, I I think a month is a little on the optimistic side, but not impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, I Bryce Harper is extremely capable of coming back from this injury. He will be fine. He will be an outstanding player after he comes back. I'm not worried about any of that. Mm-hmm. What I'm worried about is, you know, like kind of like what you're saying is, which is can they make up the difference right. in the meantime with Brandon Marsh? Mm-hmm. I feel like no. I feel like no Brandon Marsh is the <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Harper. That was so- which I... <laughs> that was so matter of fact. It's like, I feel like no. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, okay, like, sure, whatever, you know, like, can you get by with Brandon Marsh and Center? Can you get by with Derek Hall at DH? Sure, fine. But, like, Bryce Harper is, like, more than just, like, a guy who you're looking for, somebody whose war is not, like, horrendously low. It's, it's a lot more than that. So, no, I'm afraid not. Um, I I don't like this. I think that's going to hurt him, and it is one of the things that I was sort of taking into consideration. I was kind of saying, like, yeah, it's really hard to repeat um, when everything broke right for you, and the, the fact that Harper will not be starting the season on the roster is something that has already not broken right for you, and you don't really have any way to make up for it. So I think then you're, you're basically depending on the other teams to allow you to stay in the race when you're not at full strength. Yeah. Irby, anything you want to add here before we play over-under? I, no, no, was, I guess the same thing there. It's not, we talk about the good bet of Verlander. Brandon Marsh is not that same good bet. <laughs> All right, well, Fangraphs got really drunk because they're projecting another, not, I'm kidding, <laughs> they are the Phillies at 94. They are projecting the Phillies for 85 wins. What do you think, Samantha? What's, what, where are you at here, over or under? 85. Oh, man. See, I kind of want to take the over on that. But that would bunch them all up right in the top of the 80s. Like, if you figure, like, if I'm saying the division winner here is going to come out with, like, 92. So could the Phillies win 86 and still finish in third? Maybe second. Maybe second if people get hurt on other teams. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. I'm going to take the under. But I'm only going under, for the record, I still think this is probably a playoff team. I'm only going under by, like, one. So I'm thinking 83, 84 gets in wild cards. All right, Irby, how about you? Over under eighty five. Oh my gosh, ninety four went no, no, no. I, I'm here for that though, Bo. I'm here I love that you were doing that. I'm here for, I'm here for that. I was trying to will um, it to the universe. 
Yeah, let's just put it out there. Just throw it out there. If they finish in a three-way tie at 94, I'm going to be so happy, and I will probably also forgive all of the meat that you owe me from previous meat bets. Come on. Whoa. I mean, that would be amazing. That is a massive amount of beef and pork. It's mostly pork. It's mostly pork. That is also a really awesome last week of baseball. (laughs) Yeah, right? Right? That's what I mean. I would be in a very forgiving mood because that would be amazing. So... (laughs) All right, come on, Philly. Especially with, because, uh, yeah, yeah, what is it, uh, New York and Philly end up the season together. So, yes, you're for Ooh. that. You're for that. Um, yeah, so, oh, I have to go under. But I'm going to do the same as Smith. I don't think it's much under. I like that 80, 85. I like that number. That's, that's a solid That's a solid number for Philadelphia. Let's just see how hot they get at the end, and maybe this is another wildcard team that, that makes some noise. All right. I'm also going to take the under. I, it, and again, you know, th- these projections might actually be spot on. Um, so I, if they're going to be close to 85, I can't. I, I just can't. I can't give them the over. So, all right, let's move on. A little Wait, bit. quick sidebar. Quick yeah. sidebar. Uh-huh. Don't you think that at least so far these are more accurate than the ones we saw for the AL East? At least yes. to this point, I would absolutely okay. agree Me with too. that. Yes. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, like look at looking at fourth and fifth place here, all of it is is I think pretty spot on. Um, let's talk about those Marlins. You know, this is Kim Ang's third year. She's starting to take over this team. Everything, everything you know, she's made that transition to where now it's her team. Samantha, you're a Guardians fan. Does this look very familiar to you? What the Marlins are doing down in Miami. Yeah, we know what this model is, guys, right? It's the, we're moving back towards contact hitting. It's, and they have, the Marlins have, like, aggressively moved into this. I mean, it's interesting because the Guardians kind of accidentally stumbled upon it and then rolled with it um, in their sort of efforts to, to work off of a budget. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, this is where let's, okay, let's double down on this. And, and obviously, um, you know, there's, Guardians front office is one of the best in the business, so I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying they, they sort of stumbled into the approach, right? Like, that was not really what that team was originally designed to be, but they adapted quickly because they were extremely good at identifying talent. So, yeah, uh, it looks very familiar. I mean, I think the Marlins have all but kind of admitted that this is what they're doing. Um, I, I think we saw it from the trade for Luis Arise uh, with Minnesota. That was another indicator there, which was one of those trades where at first we were like, what were the Twins doing? And then we kind of, I think in the end, we came around to, I don't understand what either of you was doing here. This doesn't make sense. So the, the flaw in it being that, of course, that like the reason the Guardians were able to do what they did and the reason that approach worked is because they had outstanding pitching. And the Marlins decided they were going to give away pitching. Um, and yeah, it's one guy and it's not that simple, but it kind of is. In a way, <laughs> and because their pitching prospects have not paid out um, quite as well as we'd hoped, you know, Sandy Alcantara can only pitch once every five days. So it's not a terrible rotation. The system is not awful by any stretch, but it's also not great. They have not gotten great return uh, on the trades that they have made recently. And while I, I think Kamang is, is good at what she does, certainly, um, it's, I don't know that where we're at right now looks to me like, oh, well, they're just going to follow the Guardians model and it'll be fine. Like, eh, I think they got like 75% of the memo and then the facts cut off or something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Almost there. Not quite. (laughs) 
Man, the facts. Are we still using faxes in baseball? Because if we are, that's news to me. I it's not kind of awesome. Yeah, it pops into my brain every once in a while, usually with football, because I think about that ridiculous stuff that went on with, like, Alvis Duberville with the, the Broncos and the Ravens, like, 15 years ago, or actually, it was only 10 years ago, but someone said fax to me, though, like, yesterday, I think, and I was like, oh, fax machines still exist, so, you know, I thought I'd throw it out there. You know, that could that could be a fun little future segment for this program, like, like you know, we'll, we'll call it the, uh, like, like the, the, the fax horror chronicles. And we could just spin, like, you know, things that would happen to Jerry DePoto with a fax machine. <laughs> what happened to Jerry DePoto? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> He's totally the guy who would, like, get his hand stuck and be trying to change the toner and, like, <laughs> miss the fax for the Otani train. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Is it definitely going to happen? Sure. <laughs> Oh, Irby, how about you? What do you want? To, what do you want to add here uh, to the to the Marlins slash Guardians slash fax machine conversation? <laughs> I continue with the fax machine. You know, it's funny you, you said that about the fax not going through. I immediately thought of the movie Crimson Tide, where the same thing happens with the emergency alert system of like launch the nukes. Don't launch. The- oh, nope, that didn't go through. So, uh, <laughs> true. Yeah, Miami. I don't know. Um. I, I'm wondering kind of what your point, Samantha, is Is Sandy Alcantara going old school uh, baseball and pitching every other day? Is that, is that the plan here? Because um, it's, I don't, you're not going to compete. You know, you, you realize you're not going to compete with what's ahead of you for the next couple of years. But I don't, I, I feel like Pablo Lopez, unless you went ahead and identified that of, you know, Pablo Lopez, who was what, he's turning 27 this year. You're looking at that going, okay, well, we're not going to compete when he is still, when he's hitting free agency. So we were never going to keep him anyway. So let's go ahead and make this trade and get something pretty solid back, which, yeah, a good contact hitting in Luis back. But I don't love the approach. Uh, but I don't really think the Marlins care. And you're not even a million people show up. So whatever. You know, it's, I don't know. Not not gonna be not gonna be fun watching Marlin games this year, and 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 I do think they finish fourth because it gets only worse. <laughs> yeah, well, you know I enjoy watching Jazz Chisholm play, so you know I'll, I'll I'll go check him out playing center field. Yeah, yeah, all about that center field. Yeah, does, can he play center field? <laughs> I don't I don't know, but I, but I'm nobody planning, knows. <laughs> yeah. but I, but I, I'm planning to go down there in, in April to get a good look before they move him because I want to see it before they have to move him. That's 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 all I'm saying. <laughs> that's it. Move him to where? Because well, obviously he can play left field, but, but where else can he play? <laughs> well, and you know he's four years I think away from arbitration, so. You know, nobody needs to necessarily, you know, we're not counting errors at this point, if you know what I mean. So there would be a lot of room for both sides to just kind of sit on that situation and go, well, we'll give it a few years and see if we can figure it out. Hmm? Yeah. Why not? Give it a go. I love jazz. I wanted to do well. I mean, what, oh. what would make, what could make us like jazz chisel more? Make him a center fielder. Make him a center fielder. It's great. I really hope he can succeed at this because I think it would be awesome because we already love this guy. So, <laughs> fantastic. All right. The uh, fan graph projection for the Marlins is 75 wins. Where are you at, Samantha? Over or under? Ooh. 
I'll take the over. Ooh, really? Yeah, not by a lot, but you know, they're gonna. I think they're going to have a nice sort of spoiler thing going, perhaps a little bit uh, with the better teams in this division. I think that with a national league that has a lot of really, really, really bad teams, I mean, like really bad, and Marlins are not among them, mm-hmm. um, even if they are at the kind of bottom of the middle. There's a lot of real bad teams in the National League that a team like this, I think, could beat up on. And when you put that together with the fact that I think, you know, Sandy Alcantara is not getting worse. Uh, so right. <laughs> there are some wins no matter who you're facing for the most part. So, yeah, they're not a good team. They're not going to be a good team, but they're also not an awful team. And there's a lot of just really, really, like, crappy baseball teams in the National League. And a few of the American League, too, since we got a balanced schedule now. Everybody's playing everybody, so... Team like this, I, I think, has an, an opportunity to kind of creep up towards 500. Not quite, but close. Close to 75. I also like that 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 little like subdivision you created there with the bottom of the middle. I want to use yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. I want to. You have to. I, <laughs> I have to come up with like the teams that fit that in every sport. Now you, you've actually given me homework. Thank you. It's just like saying slightly below average. <laughs> bottom of the middle. Oh, Bo, Bo, I got your first on that. Uh, I want that was my first comment, Samantha. Love that uh, bottom bottom of the middle. All I can think of is oh, so basically they're Aston Martin racing. <laughs> See, I don't even get that. I don't even know if I think that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you racing nerds, I swear. <laughs> okay, Irby. Uh, I'm gonna. Wins. I'm gonna. 75, that's six more than last year, and you got rid of Pablo. I can't go over. I got to go under. I, I got to go under that mark. Yeah, it may not be a lot under 69. Maybe it's a, a, around that number. Maybe you can they can get into the 70s because there is something there. But I just, I can't. I can't go over. I'm going to have to go under. I'm also going to go under. I, I, I think that I, I they're more around a 70, 71 win team. I, 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 I don't think they're 75. All right. Well, we've talked about four of the five, so I think you guys know who's last here. Uh, those Washington Nationals, Samantha. Let's just be honest here. Odds are, now, of course, they could defy the odds. Baseball, it's all about defying the odds. Odds are, though, they're going to be the worst team in baseball. But it, they have, you know, almost completed the purge. You know, in their rebuild, that first step. So there's a lot of kids, there's a lot of youth on this roster that might just make them, even though they're going to be losing a lot of ball games, still make some fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the one bright spot here, right? Is that, well, there's two bright spots. I think. The other one is that I think they did a pretty good job, ultimately, of kind of uh, restocking or, or preparing to restock after the teardown. So there's reason to believe this is going to be a good baseball team again. Like you're you're not like entering over days into like pirates territory. We're just going to be bad forever. That's not the case here. So that's the one thing. But the other thing is like yeah, they're, they're. I mean, there's it's pretty consensus that this is the worst team in baseball. This is the worst major league roster that exists. But they're not the toughest hang. Like not even close. Like there are a lot of teams that I think are going to be a far worse watch than this one. I mean, the easy ones like Cincinnati, yeah, better roster, tougher hang, Oakland. I mean, mm-hmm. you can even go up into what I think are better teams that will not be as, as fun to watch. you got a, a lot of kids here um, that I think will be kind of a, a good time. And, as, you know, personally, as, you know, Dom Smith is on my list of personal heroes, so I will watch anything 
that involves Dow Smith. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like Ramon Liriano in Oakland, right? Like, if you look, you can find something on any baseball team to get excited about, even if it's just some stupid thing that's, like, personal to you. But I actually think they're more going for him than that. So that's the good news. Like, yeah, this is going to be bad baseball, but I, I think there's going to be things to be excited about here and things that will be interesting and, and hopefully promising for the future of the franchise as well. Anything you want to add there, Irby? About the Nationals kids? Uh, you know me. I love the youth. I love watching the youth. You are. Um, I, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited, you know, that if he stays healthy, that Mackenzie Gore gets a full season. Um, you know, Lex Smith and Dom gets a, a good look. Uh, you know, what what is the combination of C.J. Abrams and Jeter Downs? You know, is there something there? Yeah, like I said, great rebuild. And then on your point, Bo, yeah, August, August 11th. Three-game series, August 11th through 13th. We'll find out. Oakland, Washington, who's it going to be? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, man, Feral Cats versus Dom Smith. I can't wait. I'm so sorry this. I'm definitely watching that. Where, is that a D.C. or out in Oakland? That is in D.C. Please. Oh, Rats. Yeah, unfortunately. That is so disappointing to me. No, it's and it's it's DC just because in our little um in our little league, I believe I pulled off the Oakland win over Washington last season. Okay, but they didn't have Dobson. But they did have the Feral Oh, they didn't. So it's they didn't. No, and that's why. That's because it was in Oakland. That's another reason why. Yes, but no, it is it is in DC this year. So I can't ask that they bring the Feral Cats with them. I mean, you could always ask. If you, you offered to pay, to- if you offered to pay, I bet they would. Do you think the cats count towards attendance figures? In Oakland, absolutely. Yes. In Oakland, absolutely. Yes. Anywhere else, I like, no. I'm, but in Oakland, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the problem because if this was in Oakland, if that's what we were looking for, I feel like you could make the argument that you could be like, "Listen, I'll pay for more cats," and then you can have like seven hundred and forty-two people in your stadium. You know. Or 742 beings in your stadium, I should say, instead of, you know, 300 beings or whatever pathetically low number it was. But, like, I feel like the Nationals aren't hurting that bad that they need to, like, fly in feral caps. Things are not that weak there. No. The A's probably will do that soon. It's like, what's your attendance? Um, there are 100,000 life forms. Cheer. <laughs> like, well... 99,997 of them are feral cats. They do yeah. multiply quickly. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this one, guys, before we, uh, we we play over under with the Nats? No, I'm glad we were able to hijack this and turn it into a conversation about feral cats. That's what happens when you talk about the last place teams. Achievement <laughs> unlocked. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Fangrass has the Nationals projected for 64 wins. Over Samantha. Trying to do the quick math on like what the winning percentage there would be. So hold on a second. Sixty four divided by one hundred and sixty two. Ooh, yikes! Wow, that seems about right. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. um I, I still am going to take the under though, um, because uh-huh. I think if you're saying they're the worst team in baseball, then they got to be just a tick worse than that, right? Because like, yeah. not. You'd have to have everybody else up over 65, which ain't going to happen. Uh, I can think of a couple of candidates there that are still better than the Nationals. So I'll take the under. I'll take the under. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Dom Smith. I love you. But it's going to be a bad year. <laughs> Irby, how about you? 
Oh, man, that's a good number. That's a good number for a while. Oh, I really want to take the over, and it won't be much over. Um, that is an improvement. I'm going to – I said I'd keep going under. I'm going to do under. It won't be much under. This is a 55-win team last year. They will improve on that. 60 is a solid number. Um, I'm looking for a – not a bounce, but another step forward season from Josiah Gray. Um, to keep because the last thing you need is this team to have Patrick Corbin lead the team in wins, losses, strikeouts, home runs allowed, runs, <laughs> walks, complete games. You know, it's just not good for you. Hey, where are you at on Kiebert Ruiz? Just out of curiosity, as a prospect guy. I well, there's another one. If, let's see what we can get because he played. He got it a solid. He played most of the season last year. And I, the numbers were fine. I don't know. I, I He is one of those, um, in, in, well, they've had plenty in this organization. And, and I know I, I mentioned the, um, the the Jeter Downs. and the C, I, 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 like, I'm big on C.J. Abrams as well. I think he can be a p- big piece. Um, I'd, I'd like Kieber. And, and I wanted to work out. And he is the kind of guy that really can be that, that next anchor. You were talking about, you know, how they brought in so much positive stuff. Kiebert Ruiz, who you wouldn't have said two years ago, would be <laughs> that you might have unbelievably scared national fans two, three years ago and said that Kiebert Ruiz is going to be your next core guy. <laughs> but that's where we're at now with everybody having moved on. So, yeah, I keep him out there. Let him play, you know, for, for a catcher. You know, last year it was pretty solid numbers. So, Full season, it's tough. He pretty much had a full season. But, yeah, I, I, I like Hebert, and I hope he can be that core that they can build around, along with the Downs and the Abrams. And um, I don't know. Can we say Lane Thomas still? Or is he or is he starting to get to that a little bit older? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what even is the age ceiling under these circumstances? Like This 30, is true. This I mean, is true. I mean, there's some, there's some wiggle room in there, I think. <laughs> it's, you know what's weird about this is that I, we named a, I named a couple players in there that are actually still older than uh, Robles, but I don't trust that Washington isn't going to trade Victor pretty soon and, and move on for more pieces. But I, if, he, if he bounces back at all, Lester was not a great year, um, which is difficult for <laughs> what he came up at first his rookie year <laughs> and what he saw and now what's there as difficult. <laughs> all right, well, I am also taking the under... Uh, in fact, I, they're going to put the, the over-under at 60, and I would have still taken the under. I think this is a 55-57 to 57 win team. Not saying that they're not yeah, going to... Yeah, I think you're probably right. Not saying that they're not going to... Sorry, gonna, guys. <laughs> they're going to build on this, but I think this is the bottom-out year. I mean, you know, they, they, they trade those last pieces at the deadline... Which means Strasburg's hurt. Strasburg's, right? yeah. You know, it's like this is where this is the bottom out part of their rebuild. Which is, hey, good news for you, Nats fans. That's the first step to recovery. So, hey, you're fine. You, you made it. You made it to the bottom out year. Now you can build from here. So, um, that is the of the National League East. Hold on, I thought it was identifying the problem because. I can name a few organizations that have been in the bottoming out for a few years now. Okay, well, that's fair. I'll give you that. But the, but I'm also expecting the Nationals to have already figured out the problem and they're rebounding. So. Right, but we're talking about a team that's actually going to try to rebound, not these teams that pretend yes. but don't ever actually do Right, it. exactly. 
<laughs> it's not the pirates here. Let's not, let's not do that to these people. They're not the pirates. <sighs> All right. Time to step into that time capsule. Of course, it is my week with the time capsule. So let's get at it. Uh, so in the year 1996, the Texas Rangers made the playoffs for the first time, winning the AO West also for the first time. Irby, real quick, do you remember how many games the Rangers opened the season with uh, with wins? They opened with a winning streak. Oh. You remember? Good question. Uh, 12? No, it wasn't that high. It wasn't. Oh, darn. It, it I was... <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that great. High. They're going to make it seem like Texas. We started with a four-game winning streak. It was amazing. Like we. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the Rangers that year won their first seven games. They swept the Red Sox in the opening series. Then they swept the Yankees. That was a six-game homestand. The eventual, you know, champion Yankees. There, uh, the White Sox. Was, were number seven, and then they split. You know, so they, they lost a couple of games after that. But for those those Rangers fans that have never seen that before, that was quite something. Uh, so um, okay, hold on. Please clarify that we have had longer win streaks than seven. We okay, I don't want this to seem like well, hey, we won seven games that one time. I know we still talk about it. To, <laughs> I took some dirt from the field that day. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> to open the season, the first seven to open the season. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> Uh, all right, so I just mentioned, I gave away the World Series. It was the Yankees that won the 96 World Series. But you, you already knew that. Who did they beat in the 1996 World Series? The Braves. The Braves. Yep, yep. The Braves. Uh, here's here's some even more fun because uh, this this is this it just happened to work out this way, guys. Uh, I, I completely forgot these both happened in the same year. Who won the Super Bowl in 1996? Hey. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Their their last Super Bowl championship. Who they beat? Oh uh, God! Isn't this that weird Steelers team? Yep. It didn't make any yep. sense that somehow ended up in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that is a very good assessment of that team. Well done. <laughs> How did y'all get here? We're not asking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fine. All right. How about uh, how about the NBA? They won the finals. Uh, the, Bull, the Bulls. The Bulls won. Yeah, is it still the Bulls, Bulls run? I'm just trying to figure out who they beat that year. Uh, <laughs> is this the Sonics? It is the Sonics. Very good. Woohoo! Very good. Hold on, you need to you need to clarify for our younger audience who that is. Uh, that, right. Excuse me. This is the Seattle SuperSonics, <laughs> now known as the Thunder. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, it's it's such a travesty that they took the Sonics out of Seattle. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. You know. All right. Uh, how about hockey, Irby? You want to take a stab at hockey? Um, so this one does stick out a little bit for me just because this is the beginning of when the Dallas Stars were good. It's not the Dallas Stars. But I believe this was a, it was a pretty dominant uh, Colorado Avalanche team. It was, in fact, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. They, they swept. Swept. Who? Who did they play? No clue. I, I just <laughs> yeah, it was it was the uh, it was the Florida Panthers. Wow, Florida had a team in '96. I, I knew that it was me wow, too. pretty. I didn't realize they had a team that long ago. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, that was a uh, yeah. Patrick Wall, Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackig. I mean, they're they're multiple 
superstars on that Colorado team. So it's, this is not going to be difficult at all, um, but we can quickly get through it here. Uh, this was also a Olympic year. Atlanta. Atlanta. That's right. Irby, you think about the Atlanta Olympics you want to add to the conversation here? I, I'll stay away from the emergency management stuff. That's no fun. Um, but it was a very dominant one for the United States. Um, a, uh, the most painful of the stuff on the, uh, the atmosphere would be the, uh, the, the women's gymnastics. As much fun as it was, as awesome as it was, it was so great. I think it captured the nation for a few nights just to find out all the terrible, horrible things that were happening behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sucked the, that uh, was, the wind out of the um, sails. That was the Michael Johnson double gold medals too, wasn't it? I believe so. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe it was, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I remember that as a kid. That he was – we see all this, 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 this chains, all these chains. Like, I feel like Michael Johnson was the godfather of the chain. That, it was just a simple gold chain that he had. And I know there were probably some before him, but – I, I, I vividly remember his chain because it it didn't bounce all over the place. It kind of stayed close to him. The cheetah, at least. Um, we had posters of that because his like this was like a, one of those where like he got big like right before I was like in high school track. So we mm-hmm. all had Michael Johnson posters. You don't know even if you're not a sprinter, but he ran the four hundred, I believe. And so four hundred, yeah, the, the so, four hundred, two hundred. His yeah. running style was just so great, like. It, it, that, it's like his back was straight, and he would just run like, yeah, it's just a jog at, you know, 30 miles uh, yeah, an hour. Yeah, he had a very efficient motion above the waist, uh, yeah. which, believe me, that is very hard to do. But if you can do it, it, it is more efficient. Um, it will require less power out of your legs. So form does matter in sprints. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, Michael Johnson. Very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. cool. All right, so uh, before we get into the movies and, and the music, uh, some other fun fun little pop culture items. The most talked about mobile phone of 1996 was the Motorola StarTac. If you had one, you had the belt clip for it, and you wore it with pride. Not my, that's not uh-huh. my quote. That's, that's the quote from where I found these cool little fun facts. Uh, in 1996, we were introduced to the Spice Girls. They hit number one with Wannabe. Not not for the full year. They they just hit it, they hit hit it for a couple of weeks there. Um, let's see in the Olympics. If you were on the internet at that time, you would log into AOL, paying a ridiculous like nine bucks an hour to be on the internet for AOL. <laughs> uh, if and if if you if you navigated away from AOL, more than likely you were you were using the Netscape Navigator browser. Do remember that end. I do remember that end cuz didn't it didn't it like orbit? Yeah, kind of was the thinking yeah. was an or was orbiting around it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like the, like the planet was orbiting around the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Time, Time Magazine's Machine of the Year in 1996 was the Nintendo 64. However, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it was released in the UK, but it wasn't released yet in in America. So it was still only in the UK. Uh, 1996 uh, was the beginning of both Fox News and MSNBC. So that's where the fight really began back in 1996. 
Dolly the sheep, the first mammal to be successfully cloned from an adult cell, is born in Scotland in 1996. Jim Carrey, and I'm, I'm telling you guys this because you know my the experience I had on Friday. Uh, Jim Carrey was the first actor to make $20 million to star in a film in which he has to go to medieval times. The Cable Guy. $20 million. Nice. <laughs> Did that movie make $20 million? I highly doubt it. Uh, so for those, those parents that were out at Christmas time shopping around, the one toy you couldn't find that everyone wanted was the Tickle Me Elmo. Oh my gosh, Arrow. Wow, that was 1996. So, wow. Now, th- this is actually particularly interesting because this was, this was like the early days of the internet. However, the dolls were in short supply. The retail price was under $30, but they were being flipped online for $1,500. Plus the fifteen hundred you would owe AOL while you sat there yeah. about the auction. <laughs> right. I totally forgot about how you used to have to pay by the hour for the internet, or like you would use those. Remember the free CDs they would mail you? Uh huh. So like, yep. okay, you know, like yep. ten hours yep. on AOL free or whatever, and then once you ran out the CD, like mm. <laughs> two more, yes. two more fun facts. Uh, in nineteen ninety six, it was the very first year of Oprah's book club. 1996, and the Unabomber, Theodore Kaczynski, was arrested in his Montana cabin in 1996. So, a little fun, fun trip to memory lane. Do you guys want to start with movies, or do you want to do music? I mean, you just, we got Unabomber and fun in the same sentence, so I don't even know where to go from there. Um <laughs> True. I think we should do movies first. I, I think there's a greater likelihood that the movies inform the music rather than the other way around, um, at least in terms of the way we tend to think about it. So let's, let's help ourselves out a little bit. Although I think this is, I think this is going to be a better year for us in terms of knowing stuff. Um, <laughs> it's very articulate. I know more stuff, uh, but feel good about 1996. We'll, we'll find out though. We'll see. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with the movies then. Um, you guys have any early guesses for, for the 1996 top grossing films? I think I do have you. two. I got, you go, you go Smith, I'll tell you. Okay, Before yeah, you say see. yes, Bo, I'll, I'll tell you if they were in my... I have a couple mm-hmm. okay, all in my line of work. I have the same... I think I have three. Well, let's try the, the two big ones first. Okay, one of them is Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. Mission Impossible. Ooh, I didn't have that one, but you're right. Oh, you're right. Interesting. And then my other big guess is Independence Day. Yes. Uh, all right, so Samantha, you get the jar of dirt. Yes. yes. Good job. You get the jar of dirt. I got a jar of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Independence Day released on July 3rd. I see what you did there, 20th Century Fox. Uh, <laughs> brought in $306 million. Um, over the course of the rest of that year. Mission Impossible, the very first Mission Impossible was number three at $180 million in total gross revenue. Well, it was a good sales. movie. Yeah. I enjoyed the first one, even though it was very obvious what the twist was going to be. I enjoyed it anyway. Very good movie. <laughs> yeah. I actually watched it a, a couple months ago just out, just out of nowhere. It just popped up on my streaming. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go watch that again. It's a good movie. 
It's so, not bad. I mean, the sequels are awful because they're basically just the same thing yeah. over and over again. But, yeah. like, the original was kind of good, actually. And Independence Day is outstanding. Excellent. Outstanding. I just recently showed my kids that one. It's so good. One scene that has nothing to do with the movie, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second one also not as good as the first. Um, okay. Yeah, there was a second one. <laughs> there, yeah. All right, so I had the... I had Independence Day as well. Um, I believe Twister also came out in 1996. Ooh, Twister was number two at 241 Boom. million. So you've got you guys have the top three already. You're off to a great start here. Oh, we're way better. And then my my other one <laughs> that's kind of this is and I, I just associate this being that age and going seeing this movie. This would have been like one of the first thrillers that I saw. Uh, that would be the Mel Gibson movie Ransom. Ransom was number six at 125 million. Ooh. Boom. Ooh. All right. Number I six. have I have another guess. Um, I don't know if this would have like grossed in the top ten, but it, I know it came out this year. Um, it's a personal favorite, The Birdcage. Oh, great movie! Great movie. One of my all-time favorites. <laughs> the Birdcage checks in at number seven. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> 124 million. Also, one of my favorite movies. See, I thought I was going to play that audio clip uh, <laughs> as a hint. Oh, no. Oh, no. All time favorite. I just wasn't sure that it would have been a high enough like revenue movie, but I knew this was the year. So don't add. Uh, <laughs> try, more, try more gum. <laughs> Outstanding. It's a good year for movies. It's a great year for movies. Yeah, I'm telling you. Okay, so you still need number five. You've got one through four, six, and seven. So you need number five. Uh, you got one through four? No, oh, four was Ransom. No, I'm sorry. You got one through three. You need four and five. Ransom oh, was six. Wait, Birdcage so was Ransom seven. Ransom was six. And Bur- okay, so we need four, five, eight, nine, ten? Yep. Okay. Okay. So, um, let's see. Um, right. Uh, four uh, stars Sean Connery and Ed Harris. The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. <laughs> there we go. Wow, this was really. I cool. thought that was later. I, 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 that, cool. I thought that was more like '98 or something. That's a good yeah. movie, though. I like that movie. Yep. Uh, number five is another one that Michael Bean dies in. Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Number number five is a family movie. Starring a SNL guy from the 80s. Here we go again with that. We, is this one of the people we've encountered before? Yes. Is it Eddie Murphy? Yes. Okay, oh, what's that? Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor is number five. Yeah. And we take a million. wall on the good movies. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. Well, you just need eight, nine, and ten. Uh, number eight is a thriller. Um, that stars Samuel L. Jackson, Matthew McConaughey, and Sandra Bullock. Oh, Time to Kill. Oh, Time to Kill. Time to Good kill. job. Yeah, Time to Kill. Uh, number nine is a Disney movie uh, that starred... I'm not, actually, I'm not going to tell you who starred in it. Um, it was actually one of the first, like... It was one of the first that they took from animation to live. Oh. Oh, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yes. All right, and then number 10, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to give you a hint here. So I'm just going to give you 
Um, I'm going to give you the main characters. Um, so that would be... Goldie Hawn, <laughs> Bette Midler, and the girl from Father of the Bride, too. I can't think of her name now. Diane Keaton? Oh, I know who you mean. Uh, Diane Keaton. There we go. Yeah, it feels like something I should know, but I don't. Uh. <laughs> 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 Certainly know who all these yeah. people are. Although, is this like a rom-com or something? Is yes. it like a thing I'm not going to get? Because it's like, is it a rom-com directed at older people? Because yes. I'm not, I don't know what this is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't you watch an Independence Day in The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> and Twister. <laughs> yep. Herbie, <laughs> got any guesses here? No, I was too busy watching Twister and Independence Day. <laughs> I got nothing. All right. It's checking in at, at number 10, right in 105 million, the first Wives Club. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard of it. I would have not been able to recall it even with the guns in my head, but I have heard of it. So there's that. Uh, wow. Okay. So, so notable mentions. Uh, number eleven was Eraser. Oh, Ooh. I like that movie. Yep. That's another good one. Yeah. Number fifteen was Space Jam. Wow, that's yeah. pretty low. Pretty low, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, Space Jam was released in November, so that's probably why. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, let's see. Number 25 was Jingle All the Way. Um, they didn't. Have, that, that wasn't about Tickle Me Elmo's, but it was definitely about a toy that he couldn't get this kid. Yeah. <laughs> number 26 is 10 Cup. Uh, number 30, now this is definitely because of the release date. Uh, number 30 was Jumanji. But it wasn't released until December fifteenth. Yeah, I would make them. Yeah, that was that's definitely that. Uh, what what's kind of disappointing though is Happy Gilmore is number thirty eight, and it was released on February sixteenth. I thought I just kind of figured it would do better than that, but that is what it is. That did well, that did well at Blockbuster, not at us. Yeah, I think maybe maybe that's a little bit before like the Adam Sandler like explosion. Maybe. Happens. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Down Periscope, is number 69. <laughs> and, that movie a long time. And the cult, <laughs> the cult favorite that I had all of us, at least in my high school, talking, The Craft at 73, followed right behind it with Scream at 74. The first Scream. Wait, why is that Scream? When did that come out? December, yeah, that had to have come out the year before. December 20th. It was a late release. Okay. Oh, I was about to say, like, wow. Like, that was a huge release. Um, <laughs> although the craft is definitely one of those that I think, like, no one saw in the theater that everybody got yeah, into. Yeah. So that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Like, I actually, I don't need that movie at all. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's also kind of great. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorites. I, it, it, I think it's, it's great. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's one of mine. All right, let's, let's flip it over uh, to the music side of the funhouse. Uh, I will tell you that Come On and Ride It, The Train, was not the top 10. That checked in at number 11. But it felt, but it felt, like, the best, it. It felt like the best song. So you still got to come up with the top 10, guys. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah, there's, there's not much music from those movies. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, yeah. There's a lot of pop on this. Um, okay. There, there's a lot well, of pop. Well, I mean, you hinted at Spice Girls. You know what? Not in the top 10. 
That was it. Well, that was their first. I think that was their first single. So um, that's probably why. Oh, yeah, okay. They're not well, in the top. What 10. about? Um, uh, I know that Alanis Morissette CD came out this year, so I'm thinking ironic. I know it came out in '96. Ironic is number thirteen. Ah, yeah. it. Okay. Um. Oh. 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 Um. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Crossroads. Crossroads. That's All right. That's our first one in the top, top ten. 10? That is the Crossroads. Okay. Yep. Number seven. Okay. Um. What else came out that year? Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Irby. Where you wow. at? I watching Independence Day and Twister. All right, I'm sorry. I'm I, 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 I tell you what, Irby, I'm going to give you a hint. Um, and Smith, Smith, this will work for you too because we were all athletes in high school. Um, if your if your high school in, in the Fieldhouse played like the local mix station, they're all on here. Okay. So we're looking for like combination like. Pop R and B and like adult contemporary, yes, right? Yes, that's what you're looking okay. for. Okay. Um, Except for the number one. Number one's tricky, but I'll help you guys out with that. Okay, and also not come on wreck the train. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that came on that station. Um, is there any like? Let's see. There's got to be some Mariah Carey, right? There is some Mariah Carey. Not any. Ma- Mariah Carey is in the top ten twice. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. And one of those songs, she teamed up with another popular R&B band at this time. Oh, that's One Sweet Day. I know what that'll be. That's oh, One Sweet Day with that's, Boys and Men. That's number two. Um, Here you go. I'm having trouble with is the other one. I think this is too early for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, wow. I'm sure I know what it is. I just, I don't know. I, don't know. I see this. I can, actually, I can actually see the music video, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I can. Oh, man. Man, I don't know about this. Uh, let's see. Tennessee Hero was earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking. I think I'm looking for the CD in between those two. Uh, <laughs> that's that's right, children. We would refer to it as a CD back then. We did. Uh, <laughs> we did. We didn't have iTunes. That's right. <laughs> And we we've paid. gone back to calling it an album again because it comes off of iTunes, but then you have to say CD. Yeah. And we, we, we paid nine dollars an hour to access the internet, and that wasn't near enough time to download a song. Nope. Oh, I don't even think that existed yet, like LimeWire <laughs> and all that. Like that's too early. For that. like, it, yeah, this is when early. you. This is when you. Have to cancer. Like we're kind of. This was a bad era, actually. If you were like a kid looking to like maximize amount of money versus amount of music that you would get, because we're kind of post single tape era here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you couldn't just sample the like, hey, I've got ten bucks, I can get three tapes. Now you really had to commit, right? You had to be like, you know what? I will throw the whole twelve ninety nine down and buy the whole CD. And if I only end up liking the one song on it, bummer for me. <laughs> like you really had to commit at this point. It was not a good phase for dabbling uh, <laughs> musically speaking. <laughs> Let me tell you, as somebody who ended up with the Joan Osborne CD, it was a rough Oh, show. God. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Right. Well, I used to, like, it's like those, like, you always had to come up with a bunch of CDs you wanted, right? Because, like, that was, like, right about the price range for, like, what your aunts and uncles would mm-hmm. give you as a Christmas present. 
So, like, you know, you've got to come up with, like, seven CDs you want at that time of year. So you just start digging into anything where there's, like, one song. And let me tell you, a lot of mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Samantha, I think I can help you with a Mariah Carey song. I've got the best hint okay. in the world for you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. It's, it's a very sappy love song. Well, that clears it up. Gee. <laughs> 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 All right, so I, I couldn't resist. The, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was one, two, three, or four on the CD, right? <laughs> oh wait, no. Well, was this a lead single, or you, I guess you probably don't know. I honestly don't know. It, it, um, I don't know, but it, it's definitely one of the. It's, it's one that's resonated. So maybe, maybe it was. Uh, in the in the music video, she's swinging all over the place. She's just like on a swing. I don't think that narrows it down again either. She's on a swing like the entire she's damn time. Swing. Yeah, she's just swinging and singing this song. That's all she's doing with like a, like in a like a room like a like a like a dark room where she's like the spotlights on her. And she's just swinging. Yeah, I don't know. I give up. You're gonna have to tell us this one. All right, uh, number five, Mariah Carey, "Always Be My Baby." Oh, okay. All right. Well, at least I do know what that is, but I don't. I was not gonna get that. <laughs> Maybe in a couple hours I could have narrowed it yeah. down by just naming Mariah Carey songs, but yeah, I was not going to get there a reasonable amount of time. So thank you for telling us. <laughs> right. All right. What else? What else we got? Okay. Uh, you want to take a, you want to take a stab at number one? Sure. All right. So the number one song. It's not a surprise at all that this is number 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 one. It's it's annoying that it's number one, but it's no surprise that's number one. The best way I can sum up, sum up this song is this was the first viral. This is long before we actually had viral songs. This is the first one that actually went viral. Viral, like in what way? Like just everyone was playing it. Everyone was doing the dance. Everyone was had. Oh wait, everywhere. there's a dance. There's a dance. Yeah. Macarena. Macarena. There it is. <laughs> Give, it, give him the jar of dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was. Irby, you get the jar. Good explanation. <laughs> before, before viral, that was definitely. Oh. oh. Yeah, because I uh, for like a half second, I was like electric slide, and I'm like, no, that was way before. That was way earlier. Macarena, of course. Wow. I don't still don't understand any of the words to it except for Macarena. Like, you don't need to. What's the thing? I Put your hands on your head, then on your hip. Then your but shoulders. <laughs> hey, Macarena. <laughs> I almost made that the opening audio, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to use the number one song. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> all right, what so you have. All right, so you still need three, four, six, eight, nine, and ten. Three, four, six, eight, nine, ten. Okay, can't get us some hits. All right, let's see. Um, Wouldn't this 96, wouldn't we have had some LL Cool J in there? Not as though I was a huge fan, but that's... You did. Isn't that about the... You did. Uh, oh. th that was Hey Lover at number 20. Oh, so uh, I'm not even a dance. <laughs> oh, what about um, Celine Dion? Is yes. this the song yes. to me now? This has got to be right okay. around that time. It, it, it is. Uh, which, which one did you say? It's all coming back to me now. That was number 18, but she has number 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, um, because you love me. Boom. Nice. Ooh. Irby, Irby, I'm you, out. Irby, I... Irby had to put that on mixtape for somebody in high school. No comment. Did you send someone a mixtape for that song? <laughs> no comment. Plead the fifth. 
No idea. We still listen crazy. to it's all coming back to me now as like an over exaggerated karaoke like fake scream sing song. Still in the rotation. Can't say that. In the Macarena. No, no, no Macarena. We did not retain Macarena. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so have, maybe no, let's start. Let's go with number eight here. Because um, you've got one through three. You still need four. And you still need six. But number eight was way, way overplayed on all those mixed channels. Like, it was, every time I walked into the locker room for practice, like, that song was on. Like, it was way overplayed. Um, had a very catchy chorus that everyone would sing. Um, but it was grotesquely overplayed everywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna name one. I can give, <laughs> so far, you've named we've named a bunch like that. Yeah, I I, I can give you the artist. You want to give me? You want to give the artist? Is it? Yeah, you might as well. Yeah. Okay. The artist is Donna Lewis. Oh, I I love you always. Forever. Always forever. Yeah. Oh. I don't know which of those words is in the title, but I know the song. I, I love you always forever is the name of the song, and that was way overplayed. It sure was. That actually oh. was a good hint. <laughs> very true. Um. Um, okay. So let's see. I, I really have no idea what hints would give you number four. I think I'm better off just giving the artist for number four. Okay. Okay. Uh, number four, the artist is the Tony Rich Project. Oh, man. I definitely know this one. <laughs> no, it's nobody knows. Yep. There's number I, four. I, okay. So I have a friend who, oh, you know this friend of mine, um, I'm not going to say her name, but you know her, you've met her, um, had told me this story about this song about how she broke up with some boy in, like, ninth grade, and he called her up every night for a week and just played that song through the handset of the phone over and over and over Wow, for a week, <laughs> which is why, to this day... <laughs> In my iTunes library and my old computer back when you could go in and change all the numbers that says that the artist for this song is Bobby Palmer because that's what the kid's name was. And we changed it in iTunes to Bobby Palmer. It still says that nice. in my old MacBook. Um, but yeah, good old Tony Rich project. Can you imagine if someone called you up and played that through that? I forgot about how people used to do that. How you would have to like hold the like cordless phone, not a cell phone, a cordless phone, like up to a boombox and like play a song for someone. Oh man. <laughs> do the kids still do that? The kids still do that with their cell phones and their iTunes? That's the whole thing. Sometimes that's so. how we did mixtapes. <laughs> <laughs> play one boombox up to the next chord and then play. <laughs> They or may not have done that a few times. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Number six. Uh, th this artist actually uh, signed her first deal in 87. Um, this is on a 1995 CD. And it was actually, it, it won the Grammy for best rock song. Best rock song? Best rock song. She came up wow. as a pop artist and won a Grammy for best Rock song. Uh, is it Cheryl Crow? It's not Cheryl Crow. <laughs> Another one of her hit singles was called Fast Car. Oh, Tracy Chapman. There you go. So, so this is going to be, I hate this song. Um, give me one reason. I hate this song. They gave that a Grammy. They gave That's that a Grammy. <laughs> that is terrible, terrible decision. 
terrible. She has other songs that are fine, and that is just not one of them. Speaking of overplayed, mm-hmm. oh, man. Oh, do not approve. Zero out of ten. Nope. <laughs> do not approve. Okay, we just need nine and ten now because you guys already have seven and eight. So uh, I'm just going to give you the artist for nine. Uh, it's Tony Braxton, but you have to pick the song. Okay, uh, breathe, breathe again, breathe. Something about breathing. Mm-mm. It was one of her songs. No, no. Um, uh, unbreak my heart. No, yeah. Is that one of them? Is that this year? Uh, that's uh, not the one I'm looking for. Um, okay, if it helps, it, it looks like this is known known under two different names. Oh, I don't know. The only other one I can think of is You're Making Me High. Is That's that it. right? Or That's is that it. Earlier? Oh, okay. Yeah. You're Making Me High, yeah. apparently also known as Let It Flow. That I did not know. That's okay, sure. Why not? Two that. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> All right, so number 10. Um, the title of this song is very similar to one of the top three movies of the year. Independence. No, wrong movie. Independence. <laughs> um, okay, so what were the other choices? Mission Impossible or Twister? So, Mission Impossible? Impossible. This, this, this is possibility. Uh, yeah, it, it, it looks like an R. I think he's an R and B artist. I think. I don't really remember this guy. Fullness. Somebody listening right now is definitely screaming the answer. I. No possible mission. Mission. Twisting. A twist. No, you you both got closer to those last two. Uh, number ten was "Twisted" by Keith Sweat. Who? Exactly. Right. Okay. <laughs> you say so. That's why that was hard. That, that was a really hard one to give you a hand on. Well, Good for Keith. <laughs> Possible independent. Yeah. All right. Sure. So right. some other notables. Uh, hmm. Hey Lover and Lungin by LL Cool J were 20 and 21. Lungin? Yeah, I don't know that one either. Um, Are you talking about Lounge? They were twisted. Lounging. There we go. Lounging. Thank you. Lounging. Yeah. Like lounging. I never heard this song, so you know. You know. <laughs> um, you also have. So at, 20, at 29, another incredibly overplayed song was You Learn by Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Yep. the other one. All right. Uh, yeah. Not Gonna Cry by Mary L. Blige. Mary J. Blige, sorry. Uh, number 33, uh, Gangsta's Paradise made it into another top 100 because it was also, in the, oh. also the 95 Julio one. Won't, mm-hmm. won't quit. Yeah. Julio won't quit. Yeah, no, sure R.I.P. It's funny. Uh, no Diggity by Blackstreet featuring Dr. Dre was number 42. <laughs> Uh, we really like that one at track practice. <laughs> a lot. Uh, Digging on You by TLC was number 45. Fantasy by Mariah Carey was number 49. Oh, that is the same oh. year then. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. This is the most annoying, awful, I hate this song. Uh, Wonderwall is number 56. <laughs> 
Oh, you're yeah, right. but I you're singing in your head right now. I hate that song. I've never heard anyone say they hated Oasis before. I hate that song. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. It's a good album, though. It's the story Morning Glory. It's a good album. Not Wonderwall, not so much, but the album is good. Don't look back in anger. Much better song. Wonderwall is kind of tough. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of R. Kelly that I'm not going to mention. Um, Have you heard the Ryan Adams cover of Wonderwall? It's worse, actually. Oh, worse. I, I heard, like, the lounge singer at the hotel pool last week singing it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, that song will not die. It will not die. It won't no. die. It just won't go mm. away. Like, I'm so sick of hearing Wonderwall. Oh. God, I hate that song. <laughs> Oh boy! All right. Uh, any other uh, any comments here on 1996 before we put it safely back in its in its place? I'm surprised that the Dave Matthews band isn't in here. This was like their first year, I believe. Oh, like that's the year that album came out, I believe, or maybe it came out at the end of '95. Dave Matthews band? Yeah, I'm not seeing them here. Maybe that was the end of '95. Um, or maybe the world collectively was not as into Dave Matthews Band as, like, my high school. Um, also a possibility. <laughs> Interesting. I was, like, waiting for, like, Dave Matthews Band and, like, No Doubt and Hootie and the Blowfish and, like, Cheryl Crow and all those, and, like, none of them are in here. <laughs> like, right, well, oh, am, I, am I off by a year, or you, did they just not You might not that high? Hootie and the Blowfish had number 74 with Old Man and Me. Uh, Cheryl. Okay, so the second Hootie and the Blowfish album, uh, right? Second? Uh, no, no, that's the first one. Okay. Uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow was number 75 with If It Makes You Happy. Okay. Oh, wow. Natalie Merchant's on here with Jealousy. Oh, no. Oh, speaking of, okay, that's the song that I have, like, a visceral, terrible reaction to. <laughs> Actually, yeah, anything by Natalie Merchant, I have that reaction uh, to. It's not quite as bad as Phil Collins, but it's close. Oh. Uh, uh, who do the old blow, blowfish also at number ninety nine with only want to be with you? So oh, that was a cracked review. It was a good uh, album. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Got really overplayed, but it was a good album. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was not from nineteen ninety six, but we love it. So this is how we close the show. <laughs> All right. Oh boy! Until next week, man. What is there out there? What is like spring training baseball is coming up? Get the get MLB TV and you can watch some spring training games. Other than that, we'll just see you next week. We're out of here. Don't forget, like us. Even if you don't like us, like us anyway. Give us a like. Give us a, a subscription. Hit us on Twitter. However you want to interact with us. Just help us out with that algorithm. Until next week. We'll see you guys later. Who you gonna